finish up what we started on Wednesday night. And uh, I felt myself getting long-winded and felt the Holy Ghost tugging on my coattail to land the plane. And uh, I said, well, we'll finish it up at another opportunity. And uh, I'm just going to try to finish up what we started Wednesday night with some truths in John 15. Um, just going to recap very quickly what we preached about Wednesday night and dive in and, and hope to finish it up uh, tonight. But John 15, verse number 1, is where we'll take the text. And this is Jesus speaking here to his disciples. And he said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. And that he might bring forth or may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you and the branch. Cannot bear fruit of itself except that it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. For I am the vine. And ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. I can tell you no truer statement has ever been penned than that one right there. Without Christ we can do nothing. If a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what ye will. And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Amen. To go on to preach. I didn't have a title Wednesday night. And Brother Jason Taylor said we need a title so we can plug it online for those watching. I just pulled one out of thin air. Really don't have one but abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine, if you will, stretch forth your hands this way and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we love you. We are so thankful for the privilege once again to stand behind your sacred desk and to break the bread of life. Oh, Father, your, your word is, is spirit, it's truth, and it is life. And we thank you, oh God, that it is bread unto us. And we're asking, Lord, that you would anoint me even now as I declare and deliver the word of God that you've laid upon our hearts for this service, for this time, for this people. Lord, your coming is so soon as you reminded us this morning. The end of the age is upon us. Oh, God, I pray that when you come that we would be found abiding in you and bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. And Lord, we're going to love you. We're going to praise you. We're going to thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. Just a, a quick recap for those that weren't here Wednesday night. I mean, in John 15, we find three central figures in this verse. Jesus referred to himself as the true vine. He, making no mistake about that, he said, I am the true vine. The nation of Israel was always referenced to as the vine. Uh, in the, the book of Psalms, David was writing and said, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt and thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. And that was a reference to the nation and the household of Israel. But Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he, he made no mistake about it. He said, I am the true vine. I'm the true vine. I am 
the life source. He went on to say that my father is the husbandman, and that is the, the vine dresser. He was the owner of the vineyard, and it was the, the, the husbandman or the father's job to inspect the vine, to prune the branches, and to gather the fruit. And we know that uh, you and I, the church, are the disciples. He referenced his disciples, which was a type of the church, a foreshadowing of the church that was to come. Amen. He said that ye are the branches. In the same way that, 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 that Christ, not Israel, is the vine. He's not dealing with Israel here as the branches, but the disciples, the church. And we know that as the branches, we have two responsibilities. We, we have but two purposes for being and for living. And we dealt with the first one Wednesday night, and that was to abide in Christ. To abide in that vine. He said in John 15 and 4. He commanded them. He said abide in me and I in you. This is the most essential and simplest element to the Christian life. To simply be found in Christ. To abide in Christ. For his life to be our life. For our life to be uh, connected to that vine. But you hear this preacher tonight. It is becoming increasingly rare. To see Christians truly abide in Christ. To not seek for life. To not seek for fulfillment. To not seek for any other life source outside of him. But for the, the life of Christ to be. Their life. That, that word abide in the Greek means of course to sojourn or to tarry. But it means to connect and not depart. To not depart and not to, uh, vacate that life. To not seek fulfillment anywhere else but in Him. It means to remain as one. To not become another or different. But to be altogether the same. Uh, as The branch as the vine. And us as in Christ. We know that Jesus is the source of all life. In John chapter number 1. It's made perfectly clear. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. The same, and, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And that light was the light of men. The light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We know that no life can be found outside of Jesus Christ because He is life. He's life. The same way for that plant. There is no life outside of the vine. If you were to remove a branch from a vine and you were to cut it off, it may still maintain its color for a couple of hours. If it's cold and it seals off on the end, it may maintain that green texture for a couple of days. But you hear me, with the second that that branch is severed from that vine, death is a result. Amen. It is uh, it is going to die. Why? Because it has been disconnected from the life source. The branch has no independent capabilities in and of itself to bear or to produce life outside of the vine. The same way that the believer, you take us outside of Christ. Amen. And we are dead. Amen. We have no life inside of us. We can't produce life. We can't project life. We cannot bear fruit because our life is connected to the vine. The only way 
that we will live is if Jesus Christ is that life source for the branch to stay connected with the vine. That's why Jesus penned the words, for without me, you can do nothing. God can do without man. But you hear me, man cannot do without God. Can't. Amen. It is an utter impossibility for man to function. Amen. Apart from this life source of Christ. Amen. The, the, the writer said, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Life ain't worth living without Christ. Amen. I've been there. Amen, degenerate, not born again. Amen, left, hung out to dry, left hung over by the elements of this world. Empty, searching, longing for more, trying to fill the void in my heart that life produced in me. And I can tell you, it wasn't worth living. That's a life that I wish for no individual to live apart from Christ. Oh, I know what it's like to live that life. But I also know what it's like, Brother Daniel, to be born from above. Oh, hallelujah. I know what it's like for my branch that was dead, that was withered to be connected to that vine, and for the life source of Christ to become the life source of Corey. And that which was dead, amen, was brought back to life again because Christ is the life source. Amen. That's the only life worth living. Jesus is the source of life. And if he's the source, he must be the center of our life. Amen. In the natural for that cell to function. Amen. For that cell, for that the life source. And we're made up of billions, if not trillions, of cells in the human body. Every one of those cells, amen, it has a power source. It has what's called a nucleus. And that nucleus is what powers the whole cell. You've got different aspects of that cell. You've got the, the mitochondria. You've got, amen, all kinds of different functions of that cell. But you hear me, without the nucleus, without the core, without the power source, the whole cell is useless. Amen. That cell is incapable of producing life, of being alive if there is no nucleus. Christ is the nucleus of the church. He is the nucleus of the believer. Without him, amen, that's, that's why you have so many religions in the world today. Amen. All religion is, is trying to do church without God. Amen. That's what religion is. Amen. It's just going through the motions without God. That's why you can go to nominal churches and you can sit there and go through the motions and not feel a thing. That's why Jesus looked at the synagogue and called them a white sepulcher full of dead men's bones. They were dead. They had no life. They had no power. Amen. Because they had not connected to this life source. They were doing church without Christ. They were doing life without Christ. And you hear me, death always follows. If Jesus is the true source of life, which we know that he is, then he must again be the center of our life. Amen. He's going to be Lord of all or he will not be Lord at all. I'm preaching to you. Abiding in Christ. Amen. If he's going to be the source and he's going to be the center, then he must be the preeminent goal of our life. Amen. It must be our goal uh, as the Apostle Paul uh, that we count everything but dunk, everything but loss, everything but refuse and waste uh, that we might win Christ. 
I mean, Paul said, everything in my life that brought me to that Damascus road, amen, when I, until I saw Christ, until I had a face-to-face -face encounter and received the revelation of who he was and what he wants to do with my life, everything pre that point, I count it as loss. Amen, it means absolutely nothing to me. Christ has become my goal. Christ has become, amen, my reason for living. And he said, I'm apprehended. Amen, I'm, 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 I'm pulling. I'm going. Amen, I've not count myself as to have apprehended, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind me. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm reaching forth under those things which are before I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For the Apostle Paul, Christ was the goal. Christ was his reason for living. Everything that he did, amen, the end goal was Christ. Oh, that I may be like him, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable into his death, even the death of the cross. Amen. For us, Christ must again become our goal. We're going to abide in him as the branch in the vine. He's got to be our source. He's got to be our center. Amen. And he's got to be our goal. Hallelujah. And as we deal with abiding in Christ, that's as far as we got Wednesday night. Amen. But that vine, Jesus said, or excuse me, of the branch, Jesus said in John 15 that it has two purposes. The first, amen, is that to abide in Christ. That is the foundation of it all, to abide in him, to be found in him and he in you. But he also said in John 15 and 2, dealing with the second aspect and purpose of that branch, he said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it might bring forth more fruit. Listen, the purpose of that branch, amen, as we abide in him, is that branch is expected to produce fruit. It is expected to produce fruit. As it goes in the natural, so goes the church. If a branch is in a vine and it is connected to its life source, it is that farmer or the husbandman's expectation for that branch to produce fruit. Growing up, we experimented with growing some fruit trees. Uh, my, my dad went out and bought some apple trees and pear trees and, and he, beside the house on a hill we planted those and I, I don't guess we were really in tune it wasn't the, the, the right type of soil and it wasn't really the, right, the, the most hospitable conditions for apple trees but we sure tried to grow them when we planted them in the ground we expected at some point in time for those trees to produce fruit. You don't grow an apple tree just for decorations. You don't go to the store and buy an apple tree and just say, I'm going I'm to plant this tree in the ground and it's going to be a pretty sight to see. There ain't nothing really pretty about an apple tree. You want a pretty tree, grow a maple tree. Grow, grow something else. Don't, don't buy an apple tree. But when you plant that fruit tree, you expect sooner or later for that tree to produce fruit. If not, then why buy it to start with? 
It's the expectation that sooner or later that that tree is going to produce fruit. Amen. I can tell you if it's that way in the natural, long story short, the Paul Harvey rest of the story, after about 10 years of trying to grow apples in a region of the world that apples don't grow, we cut those trees down. <laughs> amen. There's no reason for them to be there. It was I got tired of weed eating around them. Somebody say amen. I wish I'd done it 10 years before. Amen. Just plowed them over with a lawnmower. It would have been a lot easier for me. Amen. It served no purpose. They weren't producing fruit. But the same way is the expectation of that farmer. Amen. To get fruit from a fruit tree. It is the expectation of God Almighty to get fruit from our branch. Amen. It is God's expectation if we are born again, if Christ is our life source, He is our center and He is our goal. Amen. His life is flowing through us. It is His expectation that we bear fruit. Fruit bearing is impossible without abiding. Amen. But if we are abiding in Christ, fruit bearing is inevitable. I'm going to say that again. Fruit bearing is impossible without abiding. But if we are abiding, it is inevitable. The quality and the quantity of the fruit may differ, but the fruit will be inevitable. Why? Because the life of Christ is flowing through us. And if his life is flowing through us unpolluted, then it is his expectation that you and I be fruit bearing plants. For us, our branches to bear fruit for the kingdom of almighty God the only purpose of that branch is to abide and to bear fruit people don't raise great vines to look and say oh what a pretty branch you don't buy a grapevine and build a vineyard so you can just admire the beauty of a branch. It ain't nothing but a little twig with some green leaves running out of it. There's nothing really pretty about it. Amen. You're not going to go cut off some branches and put it on the wall and say, my, how pretty is this branch? Not going to do it. There's rose gardens for that. Amen. There's, there's different purposes that God has created. There's not much beauty in the branch. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. But when that branch fulfills its purpose, amen, it is when it is fruitful. People don't look at the branch for its pretty leaves. Oh, they take the trouble to cultivate, to plant, to water, to tend to the vines so that the fruit can be enjoyed. Let me tell you something, church. Christ did not go through the trouble and the agony of Calvary so the church could look pretty and the world could admire the church. But he did it. He endured the cross. He endured the, the the rejection. Amen. He survived the shame. Why? So that the church could be fruitful and we could carry out his work in this world. It's not about looking pretty so that people can say, my, what a pretty branch. But it's about the branch containing the life source of the vine. And for us to be fruitful as Christ was fruitful in this present world. If we're not, we are missing our eternal and that is to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. One writer said this. Don't get mad at me. I'm just quoting somebody else. But one writer said this. A Christian that does not produce fruit is a worthless Christian. 
That word worthless sounds hard, but it, harsh, but it means it has no value. It's not beneficial. Now, Brother Corey loves everybody. Amen. They're the ones that said. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at them. Ruth Paxton was her name. <laughs> She's probably dead and gone by now. But I will take what she said one step further. And that is, if a Christian does not produce fruit, can they really call themselves a Christian? When you really think about it, and if we have the same life source that Christ had, and he's our source, he's our center, he's our goal, his life is flowing through us, then we should be producing something of value for him. If we're not, are we really Christian, which means to be Christ-like, to be like Christ? You see, there's many Christians that are only Christians in name only. They're not bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Don't let me lose you tonight again. I'm not trying to be harsh, but I do want us to take self-reflection in our lives. If we are truly Christian and we are truly Christ-like, then we will be producing and bearing the same fruit that Christ produced on this earth. If not, then we cannot label ourselves as truly being like Christ. God help us tonight. In our text, there were three types of branches mentioned. Now I want to deal with those three very quickly tonight. I don't want to you know, keep you very long. But the first fruit, I can tell you that's the death sentence of every preacher right there. Amen. Don't want to keep you long. And an hour later, we're trying to land the plane. Amen. But it's not my intention to do so tonight. But number one, the first type of branch that was mentioned in Scripture is the branch that produces no fruit. You read it for yourself. Amen. The Word of God tells us in, in John 15, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. The first branch specifically mentioned is those that do not bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm convinced that this is much of the church today. Much of the church today. Fruitless branches that add nothing of significant value to the kingdom of God. And I believe more than anything, this grieves the heart of God. I read these statistics Amen. And according, you can look it up for yourself. You can go to Bible.org and click on evangelism. And this deals with the branch that produces no fruit. When it says that 95% of all confessing Christians have never won one soul to the Lord. Let that sink in. 95% of confessing Christians have never won one soul to the Lord. Why is it that the church in China right now, though they're persecuted, though they risk their life and their safety for simply mentioning the name of Christ, why is it that that church is exploding right in the middle of communism and they become, amen, I, I believe, uh, per capita, the largest Christian nation on the planet? It's because years ago, they instituted a policy, and they called it everyone win one. Just one person. 
You're multiplying yourself every year. If everybody would win one soul for the kingdom of the Lord in one calendar year, then every year the church would double. They're growing by the untold millions in China. Revival happening right there under uh, Emperor Xi's nose. Amen. He hates it. He's tearing down churches with bulldozers. He's trying to burn them out, trying to do everything that he can. Amen. To stop the move of God. Amen. But you can't stop what God has ordained. So why is it? I shared with you this morning about the United States of America quickly becoming a post-Christian society. Well, right now, only 64%, according to a 2020 poll by the Pew Research Center, it's 64% of Americans in 2020 profess to be Christians. Where 50 years ago, it was 90%. And by 2070, only 35%, if the trend holds true, will confess Christ. We find it right here. The church in China is growing. The church in America is quickly shrinking and declining because 95% of Christians never win a soul. There's no fruit being produced by the branch. There is no life that's there. 80% of Christians do not consistently witness for Christ. And this gripped my heart right here. Less than 2% are involved in the ministry of evangelism. Less than 2%. That means 98% are not involved with evangelism of any kind. Will never tell their testimony. Will never tell their story. Is content just going to church, putting money in the offering plate and saying, bless God, I'm saved. Amen. I can tell you, folks, that's a branch that produces no fruit. Amen. amen. That's a branch, amen, that has, amen, no value. 71% do not give toward the financing of the Great Commission. Amen. 71% don't give to missions, don't give to projects. Amen. And the average person that does spends more on dog food a month than they do missions. I believe it was David Wilkerson that had that statistic. And he followed it up with this statement. People care more about Fido than they do about souls going to hell. I'm not a dog person. But if you have a dog, amen, I, I'm not. There ain't a thing in the world wrong with that. But when we care more about a dog than we do about souls. Amen. That's a branch that's not fruitful for the kingdom of God. Oh, God help us tonight. We've raised a generation. That's the statistics on evangelism. That's where we are in this world. Amen. Showing the downward decline of Christianity and why. When 95% never win souls, 80% don't consistently witness, less than 2% does evangelism, 71% don't give towards mission or the Great Commission. What have we done? We've raised a generation of branches that only want Jesus for what they can get and not what they can give. They want His salvation but no sacrifice. They want His blessings but not His burden. And they want His hand but not His heart. Folks, if we're not careful, amen, we'll be a branch that don't produce fruit. We'll be a branch, oh God help us tonight, that does not add anything to the kingdom of God. And God is very clear about what he says concerning fruitlessness. In Luke 13 and verse 6, he spake a parable and said, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and came and saw fruit thereon and found none. 
Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it any or it the ground? In Matthew 21, he said, Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Amen. Now make no mistake about it. There's a message within the message here. This is dealing with the nation of Israel. That fig tree. He was dealing with the country, the nation of Israel that had rejected him. He expected to get spiritual fruit out of it. Amen. But there was none to be found. And he cursed it. And it withered. And it died. Amen. But while it is dealing with the nation of Israel, it shows God's heart towards fruitlessness. God will judge fruitless branches. Amen. The, the Bible tells us that these branches are going to be judged according to their words. In John 15 and 2, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. In John 15, 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. What's the characteristic of hell that people are so afraid of? It's the eternal lake of fire. And here Jesus says branches that are not fruitful, they're going to be cut down, cast aside, and cast where? Into the fire. God help us. If we're not fruitful for the kingdom of God, if our life is not bearing the fruit of God, if it's not bearing the fruit of the Spirit and we're not producing righteous fruit, amen, I don't think, amen, we're going to like the destination that we're headed to. Oh, God, help us tonight if we're not producing fruit. Amen, we've got to check the connection. Amen, there's only one logical explanation for a branch that's not producing fruit is there must be something wrong with the connection. It must not be in the right environment. It, that, that there's got to be something that is keeping it from growing. Amen. No connection equals no fruit. You hear this preacher tonight. Where we are determines what we are. Where we are positioned will determine what we become. Listen, if we are full of life from another source besides Christ, we're not going to produce fruit. If there's something wrong with the connection, and the, 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 the problem then is not with the vine, the problem is with the branch, there will be no fruit. Amen. But the, if we are connected, and if that connection is secure, then producing fruit is going to be natural for that branch, just as natural as breathing oxygen for the human. Amen. For that apple tree that's in in the right environment, amen, or that uh, uh, branch that's in the vine, amen, it's going to produce fruit, amen, just as a byproduct of where it is in the vine, of having the life of the vine flowing through it, oh, it should be the same in the life of the believer, amen, as we are connected in Christ, as we have his life flowing through us, then we should be fruitful, Our position and closeness to the life source, it 
determines everything. So as you take inventory of your life and you ask yourself the question, am I fruitful? Am I producing fruit for the kingdom of God? That's a question only you can answer. Only you know. But I can tell you, amen, if not, then we've got to connect, check the connection. We've got to check and make sure that we're in the vine, that there's nothing hindering the growth, there's nothing hindering that life source, that there's nothing hindering the flow of life. Amen. Because if we are in him, then we will be producing fruit. Amen. There was, there's a second kind of Christian or branch that's mentioned in here. There were those that produced no fruit. The Bible says he cuts it down. It withers. It dies. It's thrown into the fire. But then he said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. There's some that are producing some fruit. That their life is fruitful. But the working of the husbandman is to tweak that branch so that it is always more fruitful. That it can become more fruitful than what it currently is. Because he says, amen, those that are producing fruit, he purges it. Why? So that it may bring forth more fruit. So that it can be even more fruitful from what, than what it currently is. I read this. Pur that word purging there simply means pruning. He would prune it. He would cut back the vines. Excuse me. Cut back the branches. So that they could uh, contain and, 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 and grow unhindered. But the first step of that husbandman. Is he would look at that, that branch. And he was making the determination whether it needed to be purged and cut back or whether it was to live. The first step was to cleanse it. The husband would, would wash the branch. He would get off the dirt. He, he, he would uh, take a, a vessel of water and pour on those leaves and, and make sure that, uh, that, that there was nothing keeping uh, water from being able to flow in. The roots, the same thing. If there was weeds that was there, he would weed it. He'd cultivate around that plant and he would give it every opportunity to grow, which is why Jesus said in this verse, and it makes sense, when he said that ye have been washed, that you are cleansed. Let me read it for you. Amen. Uh, he said, uh, uh, now you were clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. That was step one of that branch. He would clean it. He would cleanse it. Pull out all the weeds. Cultivate the soul. Get everything right. Amen. And he would give it an opportunity to grow. Amen. He would come back and he would inspect it in a few weeks. Amen. In a few days. In a few weeks. And if that branch still wasn't producing, he would lift up the branch. And he would reposition the branch and put it in another area that would be more optimal for sunlight. Maybe there was something blocking the sunlight. Maybe there was something that was was going on and he would lift up the branch and he would uh, place a, a rope or a string around it to, to lift it up off of the ground and lift it toward, uh, amen, the heavens. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And that is what Christ will do uh, in the life of every producing branch. Uh, amen. He's going to purge us. Uh, he's going to prune us uh, to, to get a, 
us to the place where we are producing fruit, uh, we can produce more fruit. Uh, amen. He's going to cleanse us. Uh, he's going to get the filth and the junk out of our lives. Uh, and then he's going to lift us up. Uh, he's going to pick us up. Uh, amen. To put it to where uh, the sunlight, the S-O-N light uh, can shine down on us and we can be even more fruitful uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, listen, if you are working for the kingdom of God uh, and it seems like your fruit is limited, uh, then let the Lord purge you. Let him cleanse you. Let him lift you up. Oh, hallelujah. In his arms. Amen. Let him pour into you. Let him cultivate your soul. And it will produce more fruit in your life. Those that bring forth no fruit. Those that bring forth some fruit. He's going to constantly tweak us. He's going to constantly purchase. The Holy Ghost is going to put his finger on areas of our life. And say that don't belong. Get it out. It's got to go. He'll put his finger in areas where it's in our lives, and he says, "You're lacking in this area. Let me pour in. Let me fill you. Let me let my power flow through you, so that you can be more fruitful." Amen. And lastly, there are those that produce no fruit. Those that produce some fruit. But then there are those that he desires every one of us, a place he desires us to be, where those that produce much fruit for the kingdom of God. Notice, as the husbandman blesses the branch, the branch in turn blesses the husbandman. It is a cyclical process. You know, as is that branch is fruitful and grapes grow on the vine. There's, if it's a hybrid and there are seedless grapes, well, that is a, a, a grape that has been manipulated. There's no life that can come from a seedless grape. It's been engineered to just produce uh, one harvest and that's it. There's no future life but for natural grapes that are growing. There's seeds on the inside of them. And when that branch is on the vine, on the inside of them is living the next generation. Because you can take that seed on the inside of that grape and you can plant it. Amen. And there's going to be new life that's going to spring forth. It's the same exact thing with us in the kingdom of God. When our branches are producing fruit, amen, we're not only producing fruit today, but inside of us is the expectation of a future harvest in the next generation. When God saves us, it's not just so that we can, as I said this morning, come saved, sanctified, and petrified. Amen. And say, bless God, I'm on my way to heaven. No. Amen. We should be like the woman at the well that says, come see a man. It told me all the things ever I've done. Is this not the Christ? What was she doing? Amen. That branch was connected to the vine. It was producing fruit. And it was already bringing in a harvest. Because the Bible says many believed on him because of her testimony. Because of her words. Amen. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. 
Listen, if we're going to be disciples of Christ, it is His expectation that we produce much fruit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And it'd be a cyclical pattern as God blesses us with His power, with His life, with His authority, with His spirit, that we in turn bless Him with more fruit in the harvest. With more fruit for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The purpose of fruit bearing, Kirsten, come help me if, if you can. I'm done. The purpose of fruit bearing, you hear me, is to bring glory to God and not to man. People don't walk into a vineyard and say, my, what pretty branches. The same way that people look at us and they should not see a man relishing in his own glory. If people look at our life and praise us, then we're missing the mark. If we're living our life to garner man's praise and man's attention, then we're missing the mark. But everything we do in this life should be to bring about glory and honor to the Father. Amen. Not so somebody can say, look at the branches. Amen. But the whole purpose of this life Amen, is that people can glorify the God who's given us this life. All the glory goes to the vine. All of the glory goes to God. Amen, and here, men, is where God wants to get each and every one of us. We preached this morning on just how close to the end are we. And we see scripturally, spiritually, socially, scientifically, we are living in the last moments of the last days. And what does God, where does God want to get his church? He wants to get us back to John 15. We're in the lateness of this hour. We're abiding in him and we're producing much fruit for the kingdom of God. That is our purpose for being. That is the purpose of this life that he's given us. Not just so we can say, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. Amen. The only ones going to heaven are those that are doing the will of the Father. Those that have been born again. Those that have been redeemed. Those that are doing the will of God. That's who heaven is prepared for. For those that are abiding in him. And those that are bearing fruit and much fruit for the kingdom of God. I can tell you God challenged this preacher this week. Dealt with me. Amen, I, I told you, this message was birthed in me in a plane at about 34,000 feet up in the air. Amen, studying his word, talking to him. And I, I realized, amen, that there's some things that I need to do. Amen, there's some things I need to allow God to do in me so that I can be more fruitful for the kingdom of God. God's blessed me with some fruit, but I, I don't want to be satisfied with where I am. When I stand before God, I don't want to stand before Him empty-handed. The same way that a branch has no value if it's not producing fruit. The most important day of our lives is when we stand before God. And church, I don't want to stand before Him with nothing to show. But the same way that He, through His Son, has given His all to me, I want to give my all unto Him. And when I go to heaven, I want to take somebody with me. 
Amen. I want heaven to be populated. Amen. Not because of me, but because of what God has done through me. His life emanates and radiates through me. And that ought to be the desire of every true born-again believer. Not to be a branch that's vacant of fruit, vacant of life, that's cut off, cast into the fire. But those that are producing fruit and much fruit for the kingdom of God. My prayer is tonight we're not shouting, we're not running the pews. Amen. We're not going to hang from the chandeliers tonight. But my prayer is that we would give the husbandman an opportunity to prune us, to purge us. So if we're not producing life, if we're not producing fruit, there's no day like today to give your life to the Lord and let this life given source, this life giver to, to live through us and for fruit to come from us. If we are fruitful, if we are connected to the vine for us to be able to bear more fruit, to do more, to be more, to accomplish more for the kingdom of God. So that when we stand before God, we do so with a great harvest of souls. Amen. And we can hear Him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. To hear God say, well done, we must first have done something well. We must first, amen, have, have done something well for the kingdom of God. And there's no greater call, there's no greater purpose than for our branches to be connected and abide in the vine and us bring much fruit for the kingdom of God. Oh, that's who's going to hear him say, well done, someday. Amen. I wonder if we could find us a place to pray in these altars tonight. Amen. If you're here and you're not saved, you're watching by way of live stream, you're not saved, get connected to the vine today. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time of the Lord. Amen. Get connected to the vine. Abide in Him. Allow Him to abide in you. Hallelujah. If you are in the vine, then ask yourself the question, is my life fruitful for the kingdom of God? If not, allow Him to work, allow Him to purchase, allow Him to lift you up, allow Him to reposition you. You may have some of the fruit that may flow from your vines and you may bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. Oh, let's pray together.